episode of get a good start find us on facebook instagram and youtube at get a good start visit us on getagoodstart.com for the accompanying blog to this podcast which provides additional information about my guests links to the information we discuss and ways you can put into action what we talk about here on the show so you can get a good start hey folks welcome to another episode of get a good start if you are a rock star and you need your album cover designed or if you are a mega restaurant chain and you want your hot sauce packets to look cool or if you are a distiller and you want your branding and packaging to clearly represent your brand you're going to call my friend todd who is the owner and the creative director of meat and potatoes design and branding todd welcome to the show thanks for having me scott good to see you yeah it's been 30 years since we've since we've uh been in the same space together yeah, yeah exactly. we've been side by side, physically side by side. One thing I've always admired about you, back in from what I remember back in school, and certainly, you know, following your uh, career, is that you have a clear process. You have a, a very clean design. Uh, even some of your um, instructionals on Lynda.com, there's a pro- clearly a process, and that I'm sure leads you to have a good start to whatever you do is having a, a plan or a process. When you think about that phrase, getting a good start, what does it mean to you, Todd, as it applies to your life or your workday? Ah, you know, that's actually a really good question because it, it, that, that answer was a little different probably uh, in 2019 than 2020. Uh, but I still kept some of my same, <clears throat> some of my same uh, daily routines, which was uh, for me physically, just to, to get up and start my day, I am... Um, I don't really think about everything that has to get done. I wait till I sit down. I need to enjoy my morning, enjoy my day, get ready for work mentally and just like personal stuff first, um, you know, and just prepare for a clock in at nine. And it doesn't mean my brain doesn't think, you know, I wake up before mm-hmm. in the morning and have some creative idea and write it down, go back to sleep. But the, uh, the process of just getting a clean start mentally because you're go, go, going all day. Um, just starts with mentally keeping myself clear and then starting it, knowing I start at nine every day, West coast time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that really helps me just to kind of have a a clean start and have the time for myself first and then the time for work on a daily basis. Behind you is a bunch of the albums that you've designed over time. It's a walk down memory lane and certainly the one over your directly over your right shoulder, which was your nominate uh, your Grammy nominated yeah, uh, cover, which is uh, in and of itself an accomplishment. But if you could think about going back past the genesis of any of those album covers to the time right after college, when you were freelancing at the music magazine and, mm-hmm. and you could give yourself a little piece of advice, knowing what you know today, go back in time to that time period and say to yourself, hey, young Todd, you need to know this. What would you tell yourself? I would probably tell myself not to stress too much about it, just to stay my course. Cause I knew that I like, as when, when we went to school, I mean, come on, you and I were two of the people that just focused and, and did a lot of, a lot of work. You know, we'd always come in prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I continued that, you know, with, 
with my job, my first jobs outside of college, I didn't take it for granted. I'd moved to a big city, Los Angeles, and there was a lot of distractions, but I stayed focused on, you know, getting to work every day, learning because it's different when you're out of school to when you have an actual job and the pace is much faster. Um, and I was really, I was terribly nervous. I mean, I was terrified. And if I could have just put my, my hand on my own shoulder and said, Todd, it's gonna be okay. Just take a deep breath, keep going through every day like you are, stay the course because everything you do is going to get you one step, one step further down that chain of knowledge and understanding and arming yourself with the tools to continue and grow as a creative. Um, I, I see a lot of, you know, I've hired a lot of designers too, and I've seen them make the mistakes of being almost too nervous to work or distracted by outside stuff being in a big city. Um, and they make mistakes, mistakes in their careers that just could, they could have if they would have, um, if they'd have just stayed the course, but, um, yeah, really just stay focused. Um, which is what I did. I would just been reassuring to myself. I know you've been back to school several times. You've talked, you've been mentor. You, you were ahead of the creative director for the in-house agency they put together there that you were integral in. If you were to be the keynote speaker at next year's graduation and it was a physical graduation again, and everybody was in, in, in a place and they put you up on stage and said, Todd, give them all one piece of advice. They all need to know today's graduates are much, much different than we were when we graduated. What, what kind of advice would you offer them? Well, I'd have to say the one thing I would tell all those students staring back at me, um, trying not to be nervous that there's a sea of people uh, paying, paying attention to me and hanging on every word I say. You know, it's not far off from what I just, you know, talked about in terms of telling myself some, some advice. But, you know, I'd probably half scare them and half, you know, reassure them. There's a lot of competition out there. If it's not you, it's going to be someone else waiting right behind you in line. So... Whereas you might be graduating today and you have a wealth of knowledge from where you're at. You also have a lifelong lasting uh, relationships that you just built in school. Don't lose touch of your friends, keep in touch. Uh, that is the first networking you've started. Same with your favorite professors back at school. They will continue to teach you and uh, be there to support you because it is scary out there. You do have to try to be the best that you can be but at the same time, do what you love to do. And, um, and you, you probably can't go wrong. You have got to fail and you have got to, to, in order to succeed. So you can't be afraid of learning more after school because what you know now <laughs> is so little to what you're going to learn when you go down that road and you're gonna need all the support you can get. So it is, it is a world of relationship building and it is a world of trying to do what you love to do. And you'll know it when you're in it. And some days you'll think you hate it and others you will love it. But eventually you grow to learn when you're on the right path or not. Uh, and if you're not, take a hard left and uh, rethink your career. <laughs> Truer words have not been spoken. Todd, when you started your design studio, what was the hardest lesson you learned? And, you know, not, you're not just a designer now, right? You're, you're the business owner, you're the decision maker, you're the bill payer your HR, you know, your, your facilities manager, your everything. Let's talk to the young folks out there, the young designers who say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start my own agency. I'm going to be a rock and roll star like Todd. You know, what do they need to know? I think my path was, 
after school was uh i was very fortunate but the there's not one thing scott come on there's a million you know i i know i know um well, give I was, me the top three. Give me the top three. I'll give you the top three. I'll just sort of tell you. Yeah, I'll tell it in the story where I went to work at a record label. And that was my, sort of my second gig. I was at a music magazine first and a record label within a year as a freelancer. And I had a great mentor. So for one, and I've given this advice to some other people, first job out of school, who take a job where you where that art director or creative director is going to teach you. Like smaller, it seems seems to have been better for me. Um, rather than these dreams of big corporate company and you're just a cog in a wheel. You could still be a cog in a wheel, but the person you're going to work for, are they going to teach you? Or are they just going to let you push buttons and repeat and do the same thing? You're not going to grow and learn. When I went to a record label, um, I was side by side with, a, with an art director. Like I didn't have my own desk or computer. Like computers were just kind of getting used. So I was kind of teaching him how to use the computer and I was doing all the things, but I was learning side by side with an art, a great art director, Tim Steadman. He was amazing. And um, so that taught me to, that kind of trained me to learn as much as I could from every other person in the company. So within a year or two, I was sitting in the production meetings. I was, you know, interacting with um, promotion department, sales department, publicity department, finance department, and I just learned from everybody. And all this helped me build knowledge of like, I more and more like comfort to go off and start my own business. So I had a learning platform that wasn't just, I'm a kid out of school, I'm gonna go start a company. Or I hate working for a big company and you know, because my boss doesn't teach me anything, or I'm all right, I don't like this job, I'm gonna go start my own thing. Well, you need to have a something to pull from, you need to have a reference point of you know, what it is the people you're trying to work for need. And unless you have those basic, the basic understandings that you are, you know, as a designer, if you'd like me to speak to that, um, you are a, this is a service business. You know, if you're going to be an artist to make paintings or photographs, it's different. Um, but what I do is a service to other people to lift their products, their image, their company up. So as long as you have that, reference point um, that you're there to provide that service is there's nothing you can't do other than probably your own taxes because that's really <laughs> hard. <laughs> the finance is the, is the crappiest part you know as a creative forget it you're not supposed to know numbers no. and actually i went through that with another creative last week but we uh, you know those other parts of the business are horrible to run find good people that that will help you and not steer you wrong but man the ups and downs of running a business on a daily basis is difficult. You wear a lot of hats. Yeah, let's go to the worst thing, Todd. Let's say, you know, when you had when your agency was really large, what would you say was the most difficult thing for you to do as an owner? The most difficult thing to do in the company when it was large, for yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm I missed being able to spend enough time to be able to get my hands on the work myself. And I think that's become true for any other owner of a company that I've spoken with that um, it doesn't matter what kind of company that they're not getting into the day to day themselves or doing what they started that company to do, which was, you know, do it for themselves and have either your own boss and do this. Well, you end up being everybody else's boss. So that takes up a lot of your time. So the um, getting to have my hands on the work myself was probably the biggest bummer about having a larger thing. So I, you know, I sat and negotiated contracts more than I did 
you know, designing a cover. You have to delegate and to delegate, yeah. you have to have people you really trust to do that. You and do. That's, and that's, and, that's, and that's you have to cocktail. mentor. Yeah. yeah. And you have to mentor. And that's how I actually got more involved with uh, SCAD was to go back and do mentorships or for the department or do lectures, but, or even those, those LinkedIn, I mean, uh, the lynda.com, which are now on LinkedIn, but the, uh, the classes I did online, it's set because I wanted to give back more. I, I couldn't even get around to doing it enough in my own company, but right. that's important because if you don't train the people under you to how you believe a client should be treated, you know what I mean? This is good knowledge for anybody. It's not like do as I say, it's more about I'm helping you understand the formula I've learned that makes a client very happy. So this is how we treat them. This is how we do. This is how we keep timelines. This is how we um, talk to them on a daily basis and communicate. Um, and that's what has made my business successful. And I just try and pass that on. If you don't have the time to do that, then your company can't grow in the same direction right. you intended it to. Because the more you lose control of, you know, the communications between your staff and the people outside your company, you know, they're doing the direct communication now to multiple clients. Um, you know, you don't know how that, how those relationships are going till a client calls you up really upset with someone in your company in terms of how they're communicating with them. I've had to feel that a few times. Thinking about the time when you were delegating a lot of work and negotiating a lot of contracts, certainly you had to hire a lot of people at one point right. and, and you get these resumes and these portfolios and they're all outstanding. What's the one thing we could tell students going out there in the world looking for a job at a firm like yours or a big firm, small firm, doesn't matter where. What did you look for in these in these designers that set them apart from all the other ones that had the same book in their hand and had the same <laughs> kind of sensibilities other than design skills? What was that thing that this guy's got something? Yeah. So if we say equal portfolio or equal skill set aside, right. it, com it comes down to that communication how are you in an interview? How are, what, what is your personality like? Um, mm -hmm. You know, because it's not every person is right for every job. And I think everybody needs to remember that um, because every company is different and every company's personality and the culture within there in terms of how those people work together that are already there before you, how, how are the relationships between the people who work together between the employer and the employees on a daily basis, you're trying to fit into something that is a culture and you don't have to change yourself to fit that culture. That's not the point. The point is finding the right place for you, your personality, your, you know, your, um, your level of, uh, skill. And it's just like, you know, it's just like dating in a way. <laughs> it's really weird. You're not going to talk, you're not going to ever want to talk to that next person again, if they don't, if you don't gel. Right. And it might be you. And I've recently had friends who, um, who former designers of mine, employees of mine, tell me about their interviews with new jobs and new things. And they, you know, they think it's going right. And after five interviews, it just didn't fit, but they had red flags and warnings in the beginning that they might, these people think a little different or you know, not like they do. So it's okay. Um, it's okay if you don't quite fit that culture. You will find they they will help you see if you fit in. And you, if you have a red flag, don't do another interview. Um, don't worry about. It. There's another job around the corner. I think when you when you have that right fit, your boss wants to spend more time and encourage you. You you know when you and you're gonna learn and you're gonna discover skills you never had. Um, 
when there's a when there's a weird clash of personalities or 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 you're just not approachable in a way or your boss isn't approachable and you don't feel like you can go to them for you know help or advice there's a barrier if you're, if you're already afraid to go to your boss to talk about something or learn something um you're not gonna learn that it's not a good level of communication so yeah when you know that's a huge factor if you've got a great portfolio no matter what or you're qualified for any job um it really is going to boil down to just the culture and the personality where you want to be so let's talk directly to the design students now out there looking for a job in this virtual landscape right because because <laughs> i really think the the traditional nine to five working in a design studio job is kind of floundering right now because of all of the you know it's almost design on demand websites that are out there you know 50 you know i saw some of the pricing what people are paying for for certain things and how could you not go to them and get like 10 different designs and say oh, i'm gonna pay you know 100 yeah. bucks for this you know how does today's a, design how do they compete with that um well i would say first um as a designer please don't participate in those particular websites because that undercuts the entire market for every designer who wants to be able to make it Thank you for reiterating what I've been telling everyone I get in contact with. <laughs> Do not support. I'm sorry, but there are certain things that just should not have been invented on the internet. And that was one of them. Yeah. Um, Cause I've had plenty of clients that say they went there and they are now coming to the proper people to think it through. Cause you're not doing, you're not even doing the client uh, any benefit by doing that for them because it's a one and done and they've got a lot more to do with those particular designs after they buy it. Um, how do you compete? I would say, you know, your body of work, um, you grow from working with others. So even though right now we're mostly virtual like this, um, it doesn't mean you can't still work together. I mean, I'm on, I'm on the phone and I'm on digital every day with my designers and we're, we're kicking off with the production meeting every day. We're checking in, reviewing designs and having critiques. And I think even if you're not in a job yet and you have, this is where I go back to like your, your friends that are designers, your, your, um, that you graduated with your professors critiquing is a, a big part of college. It's also a big part of the everyday work life in a studio. At least that's the way it is at meeting potatoes and, and has been in the past. We would gather first round of comps, pin them up on the wall, like, and have six of us in a room and starting to talk about what we like and didn't like, we'd still carried on the college critiques about what, what we want to do and what's right. The difference was, is what's right for the client. Right. Mm -hmm. So put yourself outside. I don't have a job yet. I'm still trying to try to make a few more pieces for my portfolio to kind of to cut through the clutter, but it's reaching back out to the people, you know, and discussing the work you're putting in one, what that does is it keeps you it keeps you in an environment where you're working with other people and you're used to criticism. Um, and that also prepares you for that interview to get that job. It's not just closed off working. It, let's say you're working from home, trying to make some pieces for your portfolio because you're not getting any bites and mom and dad are you know, yelling at you to do the yard work. Well, you still got to go communicate with people outside your pod. And uh, even if it's virtual like this, make up projects for yourself, whatever it is. and the uh the getting in again to a studio is find the find the kinds of places you want to work and and hit them up where you want to live you know sometimes it doesn't make a difference right now 
but um, you know, understand the type of work that you want to do. You'll know it by, by just doing your research. Um, but, I, but uh, yeah. What is the, the skill set you see that has evolved now on the computer? That's very important for, for a designer to have. Is it knowing how to uh, video edit? Is it to, you know, getting more involved in motion graphics, like something like motion on the Apple computer, or um, is it something else? What's that technical skill set that you see as a, as a business owner and working with a lot of people in the industry, particularly I would call it on the cutting edge of design, which is in the music and the arts that you're involved in. What's that one skill set, the technical tool that they need to be learning right now? That's a very good question. Who asked that question? My friend, Sean, he, he's now the creative director over at the bank. Um, he was my junior designer. I hired him from a little print shop. Uh, he didn't, he still ha- was getting his design chops about him, but he knew how to put ink on paper and he mm-hmm. knew how to typeset. And because he knew those things, that's why I hired him over like 30 other people because I knew he had some basic foundations and he was really good at it. So glad you told me that because here's, here's what, and glad you asked this question because the problem I've had with my particular company is we do make printed things and printed things aren't going away just because we have an internet and, and social media and things live online, things still do get printed and and it is a rare, rare person that you can find that understands the world between print and digital. So the thing that the design programs, look, the, the ones I use are Photoshop, InDesign, and Illustrator. That is it on a daily basis. I am personally am not, you know, editing video. I don't have an interest in, in video. Um, we do make animated GIFs. Can do it right in Photoshop. Doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. of your timeline, dude, yep. it's about this the extent of it. What I have found is that for me personally as a designer, the things that exist on, on the internet have very short lifespan. They can go tomorrow, can be updated the next day. Forget it, it's done, it's gone. When I print something, I have a physical thing. Uh, whether it's a product, um, you know, I'm looking at, I wish you could see the studio, but I'm looking at album packages all around me. I'm looking at liquor bottles and um, samples and print samples and, and all kinds of things. It is really rare for me to find a designer that understands CMYK versus RGB. And let's just say you're a designer and you're on the ground level and your art director asks you to put together this logo style guide and it's got typefaces and the logo and the do's and don'ts and it's got the colors and you type it in your RGB values. Um, and you need to also do your CMYK values. Does, what designer do you know about that? Do you know what that means? And your PMS colors. You don't use a PMS color unless you're printing. You don't use right. CMYK unless you're printing, but yet they are two of the four uh, color profiles that you would use um, when you're setting up something. So why is that? Well, you better know, just, at, just like someone who only knows print, you better know why you're using the other color profiles. So the most important tool, we're having a job working, Printing is probably one of the greatest values and you hired that person yep. um, and I would too. And I have in the past because someone has been working at a print shop. It is really difficult to find that. I mean, in, in my world, look, these things get printed still. 
it's yeah. not gonna go away. You're always gonna have something physical. Is we're all we'll go digital, but we'll come back to print. And and it goes from sector to sector. Look at digital books. Right. You know, they still exist, but it didn't kill the book industry. You know, you still buy hardcover and paperback books, you still need to print them. Um so yeah, and the only thing that's really changed over the years is a lot of those things are so automated in printing that you don't get the time to go press check it. So right. you have to make sure your work is right from the beginning, seeing one digital proof versus one physical proof to hold in your hand right. and correct color. You better know it because once it goes, it's gone. Todd, listen, I really appreciate you coming on the show. For all the viewers out there and, and the listeners, go to metos.com, M-E-A-T-O-E-S.com and check out the body of work that Todd has amassed over the years. He truly is one of my proudest uh, alumni I'm proud of for all his work uh, because I think even though we haven't been close over the years other than through social media, I really appreciate and respect his design sensibilities and his talent. Um, certainly someone who drove me to be better designer in school. Um, but Todd, thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Scott, thank you for having me. And, you know, we can do this again. Uh, if any of your listeners have you get a lot of questions, let's answer them and, and hop back on. Awesome. Um, happy, to, happy to be back. I'm really proud of you, man. And, and doing this podcast is amazing. It, the knowledge you're all going to gain from continuing to listen to Scott's stuff is, is going to be immense. So thanks, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Take care.